Now more than ever, it's so important that we foster and develop emotional intelligence. But did you know that needs are closely linked to emotions? And that when we know our needs and the more we fulfill them, the calmer and happier we are? Hashtag 52 Needs is a podcast that provides insights into how we can all make this happen. My name is Angela Heiser. I'm a professional coach and facilitator. And each week a guest joins me to discuss a different human need and how we can all improve and foster our emotional intelligence. Welcome to Hashtag 52 Needs. And this week we are being creative. And I'm very happy to have with me Frank Connolly, who's the principal of DeBono Consulting. Frank is a master trainer across the DeBono thinking methods and has been acknowledged by Edward DeBono as one of the foremost practitioners of the lateral thinking methods worldwide. He believes strongly that if we improve the way we think, the actions that follow also improve. Frank is an acknowledged expert in systems change and specializes in kickstarting new thinking and innovation. He has facilitated and trained clients across Australia, Asia, and the Middle East with substantial experience in putting the thinking methods into practice. Frank has designed projects and interventions that have not only saved millions of dollars, but that also re-engaged staff and produced new insights that have enabled new solutions to emerge. Well, this is creativity in everyday life, so let's talk about the normal person. This is not just about work, but every day. Now, children are super creative. And I remember Edward de Bono saying, you know, you, you tell a child to draw a rocket that flies to the moon. And when they're about four years old, they draw these absolutely amazing constructions. I mean, maybe this over the, maybe now with a, with a, possibly during the pandemic as well, with the way media has been absorbed. Maybe it's even earlier now. But if you say to a young child, draw me a rocket, they come up with really crazy ideas, like whether this thing is going to fly or not. That's a totally different story. But you ask a six or seven year old to draw a rocket and they draw one that has NASA written along the side. And it looks like a standard rocket. So it's not about a new kind of rocket. It's just something they know. So we mm -hmm. seem to narrow down our creativity as we grow older. What's your experience? Yeah, the, 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 the older, the more we age, or the, the older we get rather, the, um, the more we lock in our learnings and experience and they become permanent patterns in our head. Mm. And we leverage off those and we use them. And it's a good way to be because it has us prepared for most contingencies going forward. Yeah. So we actually don't have to think about things. It's easy to spit out responses. Mm -hmm. The more we build structures in our mind, <clears throat> Um, up until about early adulthood, we've got this wonderful thing called the brain, which consists of billions and billions and billions of patterns of knowledge and past experience that we've built up as children, mm -hmm. young adults. Um, once that's there, the structures tend to be start to get a little bit more rigid and more difficult to adjust. So we tend to default to what's in those structures more and more. And as a result, we lose some of that creativity. Um, but you're right, children are tend to be highly creative because those structures haven't locked in and they don't impede yeah. their creative thinking. As a good example, um, uh, Edward de Bono and his son will be speaking at the International Conference on Thinking, which is in Melbourne this year, I think in July. <coughs> I need to check on that. <coughs> now, what they've done in recent times is cast around and asked young children um, to draw them a picture of a, a, a new in, newly invented dog walking machine. Okay. So what they're going to do is they're going to present the, um, the outcomes of that little bit of research at the conference, which should be interesting. 
but it was interesting that they didn't target um, engineering or design geniuses. They asked children mm. for that very reason that you that we've just been talking about. Yeah, and. and I there's also that I mean, fact is that children have twice as many neurons as adults, and that when they are not being used, they they start to get pruned, so they they disappear. Um, but the more often, so we need a balance between total new thinking, but also the some regularity of repeating something over and over again in order to create those patterns that you talked about, you know, so that we can go on automatic, which is something the brain really needs to do in order to cope with the quantity of information that's constantly around us. But when we get into this place of, oh, not that again, or no, that's not going to work, or no, today is, today is Tuesday, today is curry night, Thursday is pizza night, we're not going to change that, you know, and I'm not going to try out anything new because that's totally an automatic. That's when we've gone into this whole rigidity. So it's, it's really important that we keep that going because in a world that, that is so driven by change more than ever, I mean, we change pretty much daily now when things used to take years to change. And if we can't cope with that, how are we going to deal with it, right? Mm. So you're right. The, the rigidity is very good. It keeps things stable for us. But uh, we, we don't need to change that. All we need is the, the ability to be say, right, I need a new idea here. We need to be able to step out of that. Mm -hmm. So we tend to go around in circles, and I say that in a nice way, and it's a good way to be. How do we break out of the circle every now and then when we need new ideas? <clears throat> and kids are far more likely to do it. Mm. Um, uh, that's just, just the nature of the beast. Yeah. But if, if people at home consider, I mean, we need that rigid brain. So we, we, I always go to great pain to say it, it, it's not a critique to say we do that. Okay. Um, may, I, may I reframe instead of going rigid because rigid for me automatically yes. in the muscles i'd immediately go into a state of what about um structure uh yeah but look if you want to go and work in a public service rigid is probably inappropriate uh, yeah see i mean but then again we you and i are people who like to shake things up so i don't yeah. i don't necessarily want to fit in with people's vocabulary no, no. because it reinforces the whole <laughs> oh, this is the way we think but if you change a yes. word you change the thinking so yeah the language means everything you're absolutely mm. correct but the, the key point is it doesn't matter how you think now whether you view yourself as creative or you, you just cannot be creative at all you have a tremendous ability to be creative if you just learn how to be creative yeah um and if people think back if parents think back and say oh look i'm flat out i'm driving the kids to school i'm cooking dinner i'm running to work i'm doing it i don't know time for creativity in fact i've never been creative and and if you put a series of questions to them and ask them all, I'm sure you're creative. And mm -hmm. so, you know, tell yeah. me, did your children, you ever, ever have trouble with your children eating vegetables? And most parents say, well, yes, I did. What did you do about it? Well, and they'll tell you, well, we tried this and we tried this and we tried this. That's creativity. Mm, yeah. I mean, you don't survive without being creative. Yeah. It's a question of the degree and to what extent it's just ad hoc and or planned. Well, you make a really good point because I, I think what we what we generally don't do is we define what creativity really is. I know I talk to a lot of people and they think that, and I, I include myself into that. I have a brother who is a, an amazing artist. He produces artwork, paintings that are just stunning. So I grew up thinking that I was not creative. And then I started to redefine what actually creativity meant. And a lot of people still think 
creativity is is um, writing ex wonderful novels, it's producing wonderful artwork, it's writing music, it's anything like that. But creativity could be anything. Feeding mm. your child vegetables in a creative way. I mean, for me, cooking is creativity. Put me in front of the pantry and the fridge and say, go. And I go, yay, what I can create is just, you know, I love that. But a lot of people seem to limit themselves. And just because they have that belief that they're not a good painter, that, that you know, that discards creativity immediately. Yeah. And, and there's always been that <clears throat> consternation about the definition. I mean, basically, cre creativity is just coming up with a new idea. Mm. That's yeah. it. It can be applied to anything. It could be applied to how you sit in your chair when you're talking on a Zoom conversation. It could be anything. Um, that kind of trans, the wider implication of that, the one we hear more often is, uh, you know, the difference between innovation and creativity. Mm -hmm. So creative, we can, we can apply, we can, we can design the most beautiful, spectacular looking triangular door. And that's wonderful creativity, but it's never going to be an innovation because we can't get our furniture in through it. Yeah. <laughs> so in innovation, I mean, I keep it simple. I'm mean, a very simple person. Creativity is just some new idea or, or something which is <clears throat> maybe old and rehashed even. It doesn't matter. Mm. Something which is somehow new in a new context. It might be good, might be bad, doesn't matter. Mm. Um, innovation is a new idea or, or somehow new which once applied adds value. Mm -hmm. And of course, in a lot of areas, value is really subjective. So I've seen some beautifully creative artworks up on a wall and some people look at it and say, it's awful, take it down. Other people say, I love it. So it's it's really difficult. It's We should be careful not to bound creativity. So mm -hmm. I tend to say, look, there's, there's idea creativity, which is coming up with something which is in any way new Mm -hmm. And there's business creativity, you know, I keep that quite separate, which is something, an idea which adds value for the business. Yeah. So, and of course, business uh, creativity can apply in the home as well. Sure. But so, everyone yes. can be creative. Everyone can be creative. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, it's just letting go of that belief that you have to be something or that creativity looks a certain way. As you've said before, you know, not, not everybody's a Leonardo da Vinci or, but who cares? You know, I mean, I, I will never be a master chef, but I love cooking. And mm. I'm not just because I have the expectation that I should be a master chef doesn't mean I'm just going to stop cooking. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and again, you know, if you get into, as you said, you if you if you drop the label that creativity is something, but anything can be creative. Any thought, any new thought is creativity. Your life becomes in, infinitely more interesting. I think. Absolutely, and um, we we keep pressing the point. You don't have to be a creative genius. It's a simple question of having the capacity to look at something from a different perspective. Mm. Because when you look at something from a different perspective, you see something quite different. Yeah. And, and when you see something quite different, we've got enough innate creativity in our heads to be able to say, oh, I didn't realise that. Maybe I could do this. Mm. But you can't see that difference if you keep looking, thinking about it from the same perspective all the time. Yeah. So, again. And, uh, and if you do the same thing over and over again in exactly the same way. Yep. And a lot of people, I mean, we, as, as we've talked before, the brain loves 
routines. It loves that that what you called rigidity, you know, that 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 pattern making. And I know where I'm going. Brains love predictability. But if I don't have any kind of flexibility in it, in there, then my brain will refuse to do that. And and that's it's, it's also where dogmatic thinking comes in. You know, all this, you know, this is the way things are being done here. We it actually it actually makes us stupid. And I'm I'm saying that because they have actually assigned a drop in IQ to that kind of pattern making. Yeah. Well, look, thinking uh, speaking of being stupid, um, I live I make my living by working in the creativity space. Mm. But let me recount a, a very quick little story, mm -hmm. which shows that I can be every bit as stupid as well. I um, last year at some halfway through the year, I was shopping in doing some shopping in Aldi. And I bought, for the first time, I bought a, a box of oldie cup of tea bags. Now I'll have a cup of tea once a day. <clears throat> so I bought these tea bags home and I had my first cup of tea. Now, just as I'm about to take a sip, I looked down and thought, oh, the damn tea bag has, the integrity of the tea bag has, has been insufficient and it's open and some tea leaves have come out. Mm -hmm. Now I'd never worry about that. You drink it anyway, because we used to drink it out of the pot. So I'm drinking tea with tea leaves in it. So a week later, I'm having another cup and another tea bag breaks and there's more tea leaves there. Um, now this happened three or four times and I thought, well, maybe it's a bad batch. Mm. And just in general conversation, I wouldn't complain about these things. I'm down at Aldi and I'm saying to the guys, do you have any more complaints about these tea bags? Because they're all breaking. There's tea leaves spilling. It's, that's not the intent of tea bags, of course. And he said, no, we've had no problems. So I'm home one day and I'm having um, having a cup of tea and I'm, I'm I'm reading a book. So I go and make a cup of tea. So I've got my reading glasses on because um, I've become slightly short-sighted. So I use these to read and see the screen. I can see you there now. Um, so I'm reading and I don't take my glasses off, of course. So I pick up my tea bags and I look at it and it's actually full of ants and ant body parts. They're not, tea, they're not tea leaves at all. So what I'd done is my brain had made the automatic assumption based on past experience that any any small black thing floating in your tea is yeah. a tea leaf and the, and, the, and the tea bag is defective. Right. So my brain has actually fooled me. So for three or four weeks I'm drinking ants and ant body parts because what was happening during the summer, the ants were coming into the house mm -hmm. just looking for a source of water and they are going into the kettle. Yeah. And of course, they were getting boiled and filled up, and I'm pouring this ant soup onto my tea bag. Everyone, in a sense, can do stupid things based on the assumptions which the brain leads them to make. Mm -hmm. Had I said, "Look, you you know your eyesight's not hundred percent. Put your glasses on, do the lot more logical, process-oriented yeah. thing," I would have known that in the first instance. But, <clears throat> um. So our brain does tell us things that can lead us astray. Well, we make a lot of assumptions. I Absolutely. mean, as you said, you know, again, I mean, would you have looked, because generally I say when something happens once, it's an accident. Something happens twice, it's coincidence. Something happens three times, it's the beginning of a pattern. And, mm -hmm. you know, and generally people check something. Maybe they go the very first time or the second time. <coughs> Somebody's coming in. <laughs> You've got a visitor. Yeah. And um, so somebody is, so, so when something happens over and over again, you know, then we start thinking it is normal. 
But if you mm. had worn your glasses the first or the second time around and gone, well, maybe there's something not quite right here, you might have interrupted that process. But because we go on this uh, assumption, 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 we can go into, into, into areas that make absolutely no sense when we look back at them. But that's what stops creative thinking as well. It does. It does. So it's a good example of the brain going into logic mode and not allowing us to see other possibilities. I mean, yeah. my circuit breaker, uh, the thing that allowed me to see a different perspective was putting these back on. Yeah. Um, and different perspectives, as, you, as you've indicated, can be as simple as that. Yeah. It could, be, it could be something like sitting at a different position on the dinner table. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it, it sounds trite. No. Literally, I, different perspective is important. I, I give you an example now. I had a client who had two daughters who were fighting. They did not get along at all. And she said, I dread coming home at night because they're constantly at each other. And I said, and when we just, so we started talking. I said, and where is it worst? And she said, when we're having dinner. I said, so t show me how you're having dinner. And it turned out that the parents were sitting opposite each other and the daughters were sitting opposite each other. And I said, and you sit like this all the time? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, your homework for um, your home play for this week is go home and you're going to break it up. You're going to have, you're going to recreate the seating arrangements for every meal in a different way. You're going to sit like this. You're going to sit the daughters over here, the parents over here. You're going to shake it up. You're going to have dinner in different places. You're going to completely interrupt the routine. We met again two weeks later. She said, no more problems. Mm. Well, I mean, she had obviously done, had some conversations as well. But she said, just by shaking up the routine, it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. So one of the, one of the key principles I've used in all my work is that small things can make a big difference. Mm. We yeah. don't, quite often we don't have the time, the resources, the money nor the inclination to do a big intervention to try and solve an issue, do lots of small things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and small things can make a big difference if they're placed into the right part of the process, just as indeed changing the seating arrangements, putting just small things are really important. Yeah. So um, that's probably the first step in trying to be aware of how to become more creative. Mm. Do a lot of small things that are different. You don't have yeah. to change the world. No. But little things make big differences. And and again, the brain can handle that much better than making a massive change. Absolutely. It creates some that's so that's how you build resilience. Big, big changes are threatening. Yeah. And we will kick back on that every single time. Yeah. Um, I always argue that's why most change management uh, practices, whether it's you know in business or wherever, tend to fail because we don't take that into account. Well, it's very simple. You just have to look at New Year's resolutions. People go, I'm going to make one massive change in my life. And a month later, everything is back to where it was before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a good place to finish. So for now, at least. Thank you so much, Frank. Anybody who has any ideas on how they can, can be more creative by, you know, what kind of small changes they can make, put them into the comment fields below. And I'll see you next week for the next installment. And thank you so much, Frank. Thanks, Angela, and good luck to everyone with You've been listening to Hashtag 52 Needs with me, Angela Heiser. These podcasts are not created to provide answers, but to invite you to explore your own needs and discover what works for you. Find out more about my coaching and emotional intelligence programs by following Into Possibilities on Instagram at AngelaHeiser.com and at my YouTube channel. And I'd love it if you shared this podcast with your friends, work colleagues and family. 
and I'll see you next time. 